Hey, this is Theo Vanderloo from Eagle Q Talent, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 284 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. This week we've got a good one. We've got Theo Vanderloo of the band Ego Kill Talent joining us here in a bit. And we've also got a few things to talk about and some music to play as well. Right. But before we get into this and even get into the sponsors, we've got to talk about something. We lost another legend recently. Right. This is our first episode since last week when Frankie Benali passed away. You're right. Benali, right. sorry. What do you say? Uh, Benali. It's just, you know, you saw it coming because, right. that, that you know, what he had was the most brutal of cancer. When I got home from work that day, I turned up Slick Black Cadillac as far as, as high as it could go. Right. My favorite Quiet Riot song. Is it? Um... Yeah, and it's sad, and that's what you do when, when, when these you, you know your heroes, uh, you know when they when they move on, you know you, you just crack open a drink and play some music. Yeah, um, it's sad, but we all saw it coming, <clears throat> and you know they're very even just you know recently they were updated they updated the fans about his strokes and. You know, and I, I listened to the whole tribute thing on Eddie Trunk, and that was really cool. His wife was on, and it was pretty sad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, not only just a drummer, but you know, he was the the heart and soul of Quiet Riot. He ran that thing. He he put everything into it. Yeah. And then on top of that, there was all the stuff he did outside of it. Wasp and Billy Idol and Hughes Thrall, and uh, you know, I, I know he he filled in for. He, he did some more faster pussycat for a while. Right. It just, you know, he was one of those dudes, man. Quiet Riot was never, like, huge on my radar, you know. I mean, but there was always some fucking situation where, oh, I'm seeing Quiet Riot again. Yeah. You know, and, and it was never bad. Yeah. It was always great, and he was one of the reasons. And anytime he was on Mitch LaFon or... Eddie Trunk, or that metal show, or whatever the hell. I always listened. Um, he was just one of those dudes where, yeah, he, he had such a great mind and a great sense of music, of business. And any anytime he was on the air, I, I would I would tune in and listen to what he had to say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, 2020 hits just keep on rolling, man. Right. Quiet Right's also one of those bands that, you didn't ever really hear a lot of shit about as far as him being the only guy from mm -hmm. the you know, the classic lineup. Yes. A lot of times, especially in that genre of music, there's only one guy people usually rip on it. I mean, Warren has fucking four of the five original members and people talk shit about that. Yeah, yeah, I know. So Quiet Rights the other way around, yeah. but it's just like because it was so well done. I mean, Jizzy Pearl was an excellent yeah. you know, choice to replace Kevin DeBro. You know, Frankie's one of those guys where a lot of drummers don't really have a sound that you can pull out and tell it's them, but you could with Cry Right just because his drums were always up front. Yeah. And especially like when you think, like their two biggest hits, Metal Health and Come On, Feel the Noise. It's like whenever I hear that in my head, the first thing I hear is the drums. You know, like when I think about the song. Yeah. Before you think of the chorus, even. You oh, think yeah. Of those it, opening it drum comes parts. In, yeah, totally. And, and that's the thing they were talking about on that tribute is. He was a pocket guy, and he didn't really like drum solos, and that was evident, you know. I mean, it was definitely, you know, signature, you know, signature beats and signature, you know, just a hard hitting kind of thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they, like you said, they they kept this going, and you know he had missed a lot of shows over the past couple of years, but he also played a lot, several shows yeah. going through this. And I mean, that's a testament to how going much to, he was even going to Japan and playing in a Led Zeppelin tribute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck. I mean, that shows you how much this guy wanted to play. Exactly, because he probably didn't need to at this point. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, so that's I mean that's cool, and I think. I don't know if this is the right point for this discussion, but do you think, because I'm pretty convinced that Quiet Riot will go on because they were already doing it, mm-hmm. you know, on a small, like they had to fit like Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative was filling in. I think they'll keep going. Um, do you think that's right? Or does it matter at this point? Because I think it's probably, as Jesus says, it's probably what he wants to happen. And like his yeah. wife, I read the quotes where she said on Eddie Trunk's deal that he yeah. already had a plan in place. Yeah, there's a plan. That was his yeah. his his doing. Well, that's and see that's here we go. That's the thing. If it's his doing, it's his plan then. Then it's all good. I'm not saying shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fans will, you know, the the results remain to be seen. Right. But, you know, once once the virus, once covid's gone, we'll see, who knows. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like I said, got the chance to see him live quite a few times at yes. a lot of different festivals and Rock Never Stops and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Always great. So another one gone and rest in peace to to Frankie. That's right. All right. So our sponsors, who keeps this thing going for us, DEB Concerts is a promoter right here in Tulsa that has brought a ton of great acts to our area. They're booking shows downtown Tulsa at the Ideal Ballroom. They've even had some at the BOK Center. Snoop Dogg was in there. Right. And then they even booked Poison, and that tour is going to be, or that show is going to be rescheduled for next year or the year after, whenever all this starts getting back together. In the meantime, they've got LA Guns coming back on October 23rd. And they have been out there a couple of times. Excellent. They were on this podcast last time they were here, Tracy and Phil. So check that one out. It's very cool. You can hear all the stuff at or keep up to date on all the stuff at debconcerts.com. Follow them on their Facebook page and Twitter as well. And of course, they also book one of the, the stages at Rocklahoma. So if Rocklahoma is happening in 2021, we'll be telling you about that as well. Exactly. Also, Med Farm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. We've got a huge selection you can check out on leafly.com. All their socials are the things to follow because they're always running great specials, discounts, all kinds of stuff. So follow them at MedFarm, P-H-A-R-M on Facebook, MedFarm OK on Instagram. Their website's MedFarmOK.com. One of the specials that's always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. They've got a drive through so you can call or text in your order, which is very cool. Makes it easy to get in there, pick up what you need, and get on the road. And above all else, they are cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. See, that would have been a perfect place for your cat if she had not made her way home. Oh, week. man. I tell you what. Hey. I, but thankfully, she made her way home, so she didn't need a shelter. She spent. A, <laughs> she she just went through about eight of her nine lives. Yeah. But, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, the mangled cat made it home. Right. <laughs> so... If you want to help support animals, go to MedFarm because a third of what you're paying is going to do that. So that's that's very great. Hella Hot Hot Sauce. 
is a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Run by a husband and wife team to make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can see the entire selection on hellahothotsauce.com. If you're on the West Coast, there are a lot of stores out there as well. But if you're anywhere else like us, you can order it online. They've also got collaborations with some metal artist. Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. And Florida Frank from Hatebreed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. Which we've had because they sent us some and it is excellent. It's hot as hell, but it is excellent. Oh, it's hot as fuck. (laughs) And hear Florida Frank talk about all that on episode 261 back in April. That was very cool. So you just thank you to Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Finally, Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo shop right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 3415 East 15th Street. In the heart of Midtown. Give them a call or shoot them a message so they can set up a time to go in there and talk about what work you need done. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They're state licensed. They are mother approved. And their tattoos are done good and proper. You can get on Facebook and follow them Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Instagram is Sunset Tattoo Tulsa as well. Tons of pictures on there showing all their work. All different styles. And it's all excellent. We know several people that have had it done, and we're looking forward to doing it ourselves as well, coming up soon. So give Sunset Tattoo a shout and tell them we sent you. All right, so what do we want to talk about first here? The benefit for for Sochi Rodriguez? Let's do it. This was just announced. I mean, it was announced recently, but just announced in the past day or two, the actual lineup. The lineup and the venue and everything, yeah. Yeah, put together by... Murdoch Productions. Steve's always been great about helping throw benefits. The Shrine's always been a part of those those as well. Like Shrine helped us with the benefit for the Bachelor benefit last year. Right. That we yeah, helped exactly. put together with uh, Laura from Porch Talk. And she's actually, I know, a part of this one as well. They've got two shows or two separate venues happening the same night, September 19th. The Shrine, the Venue Shrine, and Blackbird on Pearl. Right. So, what are the bands on both places? Uh, Severmind, uh, Perseus, Mudflux, Sprout, yeah. our buddy Sprout, CJ from Grind, uh, Tyler Grease, uh, Secrets of a Ghost, Outlaw Devils, uh, $5 Thrill, uh, Broken Flesh. And the way the, uh, the way the flyers made out, uh, the Blackbird will have Garrett Heck, Dead Union, uh, Peter Splatter, and I am not going to butcher this name because out of respect, H A R A K I R I R. Okay. Um, and you know this is a great thing they're putting on ten dollars to each show. Both shows are fifteen bucks. You know, if you want to go back and forth, you know we're we're trying to they're trying to raise some money for Sochi Rodriguez. Um, she's she's a big part of the Rocklahoma family. A big local music homer, always at the shows. She was in a pretty gnarly car accident recently, and uh, you know I- anything we can do to to help her out is going to be great. And you know Steve and Laura and I know Nicole Cagle's in on this too. And it's just going to be a, a great thing that they're doing. We, we we you know no one even came to us. We just saw this flyer and like we got to talk about this, right? You know just straight straight away. Uh, so September 19th, um, there's an event on Facebook, uh, hashtag 
so strong, uh, so with an X. Um, just look it up. You got to get in on this. Yeah, it's a great lineup for obviously a great cause. Anybody knows that anytime you're someone has a major accident and you're stuck in a hospital, you know the bills are adding up. Oh man, piling up. Yeah, and she was in an accident with a couple other people close to her that are are doing okay, I believe. But you know we're hoping the best for Sochi as well. So get out there and check this out. Like Jason mentioned, all those bands you've got everything from singer songwriter acoustic style stuff to death metal. I mean, come on. To Pitter Splatter, who, right. is, who, who we cannot categorize. <laughs> Gotta see them again. It's been a long time. So, September 19th, check out Pitter Splatter and all these other great bands. And yeah, like Jason said, follow it on Facebook. Exactly. And speaking of one of those bands, the first one you mentioned was Severmind. Right. Severmind has a brand new song. Guess what? It hasn't even been released yet. And guess what? What? We're going to play it. That's right. This is the first time it's being played anywhere. This is a podcast, Thunder Underground podcast exclusive right now. They have this new track called Open Wide, which will be a part of a movie that's coming out later this year called Normal Terror. So let's check this out right now.
opened wide. Brand new song from Severmind. Exclusive to this podcast. So if you love that and you want to hear it again, this is the only place you're going to be able to hear it for at least two or three more weeks. Derek told us that it should be on streaming platforms in the next month or so. So they'll, of course, have that exact date up soon. So follow Severmind on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss that. But we're very happy to bring Severmind and another, you know, another exclusive track to the podcast because they've been basically one of the bands that have been there with our podcast here from the beginning. Stacy Lane and Derek Sanders were on this podcast way back, like episode 10 or 12. And then, right. you know, we've had them on episode 100, episode 200. And in 16 episodes, they'll be on episode 300. Goddamn right they will be. That's right. It'll be Stacy's fifth time on this podcast. <laughs> It'll be Derek's fourth time. Yep. It'll be Thad's, I believe, second time. It'll be Blake's first time, his nice. debut. So, and that'll be something we gotta get some information on Blake, you know, right? Because we've got it on the other three. Exactly. But we also gotta find out how they got hooked up with this normal terror movie. Yes. So many questions, guys. We're coming for you. Yeah. What'd you think of the song? We didn't mention it, it was excellent. Oh, I mean, man, it's, it's several a great song. Uh, I can totally see it being in a horror movie. It's just full-out metal assault. I love the Switcher solos. You know, I mean, fuck, I love it. Yeah. Severmind never disappoints. If you like what you heard, dig back through their catalog. You're going to love pretty much everything they've done. And they're a great live band. And if you're in the Oklahoma area, like we said, you can see them on September 9th at the Venue Shrine. And your money goes towards a great cause as well. Exactly. Recently, we recorded a video for the brand new Lynch Mob album. It comes out this Friday, August 28th. We were fortunate enough to get an advanced copy, so we recorded our thoughts on our YouTube channel. So go there, at The Thunder Underground. Subscribe if you haven't already. And check that out. I mean, it's a cool album. They they took their debut album from 1990, Wicked Sensation. And it's Wicked Sensation Reimagined. Right. And like we... You know, we're not going to go into detail here because that's what the video is for. But basically, you know, what you when you hear that Wicked Sensation reimagined, it's not as generic as a lot of bands that did the Warrant Latest and Greatest or the whatever Twisted Sister Still Hungry, that whole thing where they're just re-releasing stuff to get publishing rights. This was a legit reimagining. Like this, the big hits that people know the most, Wicked Sensation, River of Love, sound totally different. Yeah. And this isn't acoustic either. It's still hard rock songs, but it's stripped down. It's more bluesy and all kinds of great stuff. So watch the video. Absolutely. Like I said, it's on our YouTube at The Thunder Underground. All right. Also, this Friday, August 28th, a band a little bit bigger than Lynch Mob has a new release coming out. And that band would be Metallica. Right. And that release would be the sequel to S&M, called S&M 2, happily titled. There you go. <laughs> Not so much a sequel, it's just another S&M concert. They did two of them last September, and this is the official release coming this this Friday. I know you've got the package coming with the Blu-ray and the vinyl uh, and all that great shit. Oh yeah, you know me. I, I pre-ordered the whole goddamn thing. I'm happier than the pig and shit for this to come in. Right. Um. Yeah, the vinyl, fuck, I don't know, vinyl, Blu-ray, I don't know, I think there's a VHS in there somewhere, fuck, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit in it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> and you know, if I can just go off here, I, I'm looking forward to just more the event of it and the, the grandness of it. Um, you know, uh, to even sound a little goofy, the merchandise part of it. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, I'm a huge fan and it's an event and I think it's a great, uh, the way they did it, the way they shot it looks great. I saw the movie in the theater. Da, 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 da. Um, I, set, forgot about, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. The set list is, eh, but it doesn't matter. This is such an event type kind of thing. Just the way it was all put together is really cool. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I like that the set list is, uh, it's got a, some of the same songs, but it's different than their original S&M. Yeah. yeah. And it's very heavy on hardwired songs. Yeah, which um, you And, you know, like Day That Never Comes and Unforgiven 3 and, uh, you know, Outlaw Torn. It's a lot more than newer stuff and just maybe four or five of the old classics. Yeah. Um, but I will say one thing. When I heard Day That Never Comes for the first time, way back when it came out, I thought, man, that would be, that. this would be a really cool song to hear it, with an orchestra. Oh, yeah. Like, if they ever did an S&M 2, I hope they did this song, <laughs> you know, because I could just hear, you know, um, the way they, you know, the way they do the little uh, breakdown with the guitar and the bass and the riffing, uh, and, and lo and behold, they did it, so... Eh, whatever. I'm I'm you, just excited. You willed it to happen. Yeah, I I hope so. I guess so. You know, through some kind of force of nature, it it worked <laughs> out. Right. My guess is that our next episode, episode 285, will have a little more information about this because by that point we will have heard it. Oh yeah, definitely. Seen it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Is the do you know is the like the Blu-ray portion of this? Is it the same thing as the? theater release or is I have different? no idea I don't know if it's like different edits or what I'm not sure and to be honest with you I saw that what back in the fall yeah and so I wouldn't know if it was the same or not right you know with my stupid ass memory and just the fact that it's been so long who knows right you know it's in almost a year but you know whatever yeah I, I you are formally invited over this weekend right you know we'll do a listening whatever watch whatever the shit yeah. Well, see, you never wa- you never saw the movie. Right. I was so, I remember I was out of town when that happened. Working. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you should come over and we'll watch the DVD. Okay. And that'd be and then we can talk about whatever, you know. Anyways, everyone's invited. Whoever out there, come on over. <laughs> you know, I got a few chairs. Whoever's listening here invited <laughs> to Jason's this weekend. Right. <laughs> Man, I hope someone that you don't like shows up. Right? Yeah. But you can't yeah, like, tell them that. Like, well, you know, like those weird Facebook posts that someone's like, I'm bored. Anyone want to hang out? Yeah. It's like, who would do that? Because the one person you don't <laughs> want to hang out with would be like, what's up, bro? Let's yeah. hang. Let's go get a latte. <laughs> you know, and then you have to fucking do it because you were the one that, you know, was all so, attention-y and shit. Yeah, and who wants to, to get... do that? Yeah. Uh, I've always thought the same thing. I did that once, like in the early days of Facebook, like 10 years ago. There was a concert in Dallas. I can't remember what it was. I'm like, who wants to go to this concert with me? And then some girl replied that I didn't really care much for. And I can't even remember who it was. I just remember thinking that when it happened. And I'm like, then I just made up some bullshit about, I can't go that day. I forgot. Shit. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. I mean, you get what you (laughs) put out there. That's right. Yeah. So, anyways. Well, yeah, like we said, next week we'll be talking about that. Maybe we'll even have just a 
Maybe we can just do a video on it for YouTube or... Yeah, who knows? Regardless, we'll have our our full thoughts on it coming up next week. Exactly. Because they don't... Metallica doesn't have to send out advanced copies. No. So we won't get an advanced copy of that. No. Uh-uh. But, you know, like you said earlier, maybe I'll get lucky and mine will show up Thursday night or some shit. That's right. Since I ordered it fucking eight years ago or however long yeah. fuck it's been now. <laughs> if you haven't heard anything off this, they've released... Videos for Moth into Flame, All Within My Hands, and Nothing Else Matters, I think. And they did a For Whom the Bell Tolls they released. Oh, wow. I think just seen that last one. week or okay. something. Cool. So, yeah, you can check those out leading up to this weekend where you can see the whole thing. All right, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into our interview portion I of think, this? I think that's it. Well, Metallica is a good segue into this because, you know, 2020 has affected a lot of musicians. Right. Especially musicians that aren't on the level of Metallica that need touring to help pay the bills, need you to buy merchandise and all that. Ego Kill Talent is a band out of Brazil, and they were actually set to open for Metallica on their South American tour. That's right. It was a triple bill of Metallica, Greta Van Fleet, and Ego Kill Talent. And then, that was supposed to happen in, like, I believe it was March and April, right? Mm -hmm. And then... In May or June of this year, they were supposed to do a European tour with System of a Down. So they had like two of the biggest metal bands in the world right. they had tours booked with, and then it got taken away. So hopefully for their sake, when stuff picks back up, they'll get on tours with those bands again. I definitely hope. Because that'll be great for them for exposure. But in the meantime, they've got a new, uh, new EP out, and he talks a lot about that in this, this interview. They had a full album ready, and they decided to split it up into three releases, which yeah. I thought was a cool idea. Keeps people paying attention to you, you know, a little bit longer than you just drop an album and then after a few weeks, people are on to the next thing. Right. So anyway, let's let's get into this and hear what he's got to say. This is Theo, guitarist for Ego Kill Talent. Guys, recently did your first uh, first live show recently with that YouTube live. Like, what yeah. was that experience like? Finally getting back out there and doing a full show like that. Yeah, man, it's a different it's a different situation. Yeah. Um, of course, it's great to be to be playing with the guys, you know, and to be together. And we all test for COVID before we got together. Okay. And I mean, be like playing and being together and doing what we love to do. It's amazing. But like not having the feedback from the crowd real time, that's that's weird, you yeah. know. Like because that that energy really feeds you, you know. And when you're on stage, it's when you know, like you know, you're connecting to people. And only when we finished, like because after we played, we looked at the at the computer, you know, to talk with the with the people that were online, and then we saw, okay, there's over two thousand people here. <laughs> it's crazy because in the studio it was just us, right? Yeah. So, but but yeah, but it was cool. It was cool. You know, not having that feedback from the audience, like how did you go through it? Did you just feel like it was a rehearsal while you were doing it or how did that experience feel? Yeah, well, actually, we usually on stage, the way, I'm, 
like for me and I'm sure for the rest of the guys is the same feeling. We get our feel from the crowd and ourselves. In other words, like sometimes I'm playing and I'm looking at the crowd and that feels great. And then I look at one of the guys in the band and we smile at each other and, and it, that feels great too. That fills the fire. So we basically, what we did was like dragging that energy from ourselves, you know, like connecting to ourselves and, and being doing what we love doing. And that, that, that's how we face it. It's all, almost like a rehearsal, but at the same time, you're being broadcasted. So there is that pressure element, you know, of getting all the notes right, you know, and getting all done right. Right. After the fact, when you went back and looked at it and saw that there was a couple thousand people watching and even more later, did you check out any of the feedback that you got from fans? Yeah. We, I mean, immediately when we, when we finished, when we finished and got the computer and immediately saw the comments and it was like instantaneously and it was great. I mean, we were really concerned with the sound. We wanted it to sound as good as possible. And we had like, we brought a bunch of equipment to make sure the internet would, would be enough, you know, and, 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 and also, I mean, you know, the, the capacity of the upload that would be what we need for the sound quality to, to stay there. We had this a very good sound engineer doing it. And yeah, we just want to make sure we could deliver the best possible. And it feels like people noticed that because they said that was great sound. I mean, we always think that we can grow, you know, and say, yeah, but next time we should do this and that. But we were really happy with the result. Well, do you guys have any other plans for another show in the future or anything else that you're yeah. planning during this kind of time period where everything's up in the air? Yeah. yeah, actually, we have a bunch of stuff coming. Uh, we are releasing a new music video later this year, and we shot a series of studio sessions and probably like six, six different set lists, five or six different set lists. And what we'll do with that, it's kind of put together as a, let's say, studio show, studio slash TV show, where we're going to have us performing the songs live in studio, plus some material from past tours, you know, like uh, uh, like we played with the Foo Fighters in a few stadiums in Brazil. We're going to have some foot of, footage of that too from backstage and from stage. So we, we are putting out a mix of studio presentation, live studio presentation, and kind of a very short documentary. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be probably out, I would say, in a, in a month or something. And we're going to slice it in like five different sets and... I think that will go till December. Then we are releasing a new, a new music video, and probably we're going to do another live one, like live streaming. But I'm not sure when. It really depends on if there's a vaccine coming, you know. Right. I mean, going from a full schedule in previous years to nothing this year, as far as live shows go, outside yeah. of the doing those studio recordings you just talked about, like, Horrible. you know, what's that experience been like for you, like adjusting to that? Yeah, man, it's, I mean, look, uh, it's the right thing to do, right? I mean, we are have, having a crazy pandemic situation. Uh, we got to, I mean, it's just, uh, I think m mankind, we are facing how, how powerless we are 
when nature comes, right? Yeah. So there's nothing we can do. We just got to accept it and, and sit with it and cope with it, right? Right. Uh, so we are, we are working that mentally and internally because we had so much aligned for this year. Man. We were supposed to tour with Metallica and Greta Fleet, and then do the Demi Wimmer festivals and then go to Europe and do a tour with System of a Down, do the European summer festivals. And after that, we were already booking stuff we were booking stuff in the U.S. and Australia, and out of the out of the blue, like every everything got stopped, paused, right? So it's hard. And what what we are doing is we are thinking the best way we can release the new album. So we are working on that, and with the situation, we are already writing new stuff, uh, which is crazy because we haven't even released the full album yet. But we're already writing new music because that's really what you can do, right? Right. And yeah, coping with the situation. Well, how have you been outside of, you know, ego kill talent? How have you been spending your personal time during this downtime? Uh, lots of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> I like to meditate. So uh, I try to do it at least twice a day, morning and night. Uh, been watching a lot of movies and TV series, uh, working out at home cooking, spending time with the dogs and my girl, that's, 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 I would say that's all. Oh, there's a lot of drinking too, like every day, a beer at the end of the day, wine, a drink here and there, daily, yeah. but not too much, you know? Yeah. You guys recently released uh, the first part of the Dance Between Extremes. Talk about the, the idea or the decision to release that in three parts. Yeah, we, we were supposed to release the full album uh, in the first week of the European tour, I think what, what, what was a line, if I'm not wrong, was we were, we were going to play with Metallica in March. And then on the first show, we would release the first single. So first Metallica show, first single in March. And then we were going to go to the U.S., Demi Wimmer festivals. And some, some, somewhere in between the, the last Demi Wimmer Festival and the first System of a Down show in Europe, we would release the full album, and that would be uh, April or May, right? So when the pandemic came, we were like, shit, what's going to happen? I mean, is this going to last a month, two months, three months, a year? We didn't know what's going to happen, so we just froze everything. We were like, hit pause on everything. We don't know what we're going to do. we got to be smart now, right? And then at some point we realized, okay, this thing, it, it, it's going to last a while. It's not like there's going to be a tour this year. So we decided, okay, we got to be smart. And how, how can we still be relevant to, throughout the year without playing live? How can we be, because if we just release the full album at once, then it's out there and it's old news, right? So how can we just get the most we can out of, of the album release? So we came up with this idea, which actually we did in the first album as well. Uh, we, we sliced it in three pieces, so three different EPs. And once the third one is out, then that's the full album. And I mean, when you combine the, the last one with the other two, that is the full album. The first one is going to be called The Dance. It's called The Dance. The second one will be called The Dance Between. And the third one will be called The Dance Between Extremes. And that's the whole album, right? And... I think we're going to be releasing the second EP around November, December, and the full album 
right in the first semester, first trimester, probably like April, May. That's what I would guess. Okay, so the, so the third part's not a another EP. It's going to be like the full thing together, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Once once it's like we have three songs out, we're going to have like four more towards the end of the year, and then four more. And then when we put all that together, the body of work, it's, it's, the, it's the album. Okay. You guys recorded this at Studio 606, correct? Yes. Like, what was that experience like? Oh, man. It's like no-brainer. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, when we when you step into that place, it's like I don't even know how to describe. I mean, the first thing I saw in the wall was a Nevermind platinum disc. That was the first thing, and they had like everywhere platinum albums everywhere and pictures from from the Nirvana days, from Fighters era, and like it's it was it's like it felt like we were entering. Dave grows, I don't know, living room, you yeah. know, and that, yeah, that was crazy. And then, and then that soundboard, I mean, that need to have so much, so much history in it. Right. So we were like, it was unbelievable. And they were super nice to us, the whole studio crew. They were like, you guys can use whatever you want. They have so much equipment. They have so much guitars and amplifiers and drum kits. And they were like, knock yourself out. You can use whatever you need. And it was, I mean, it was a great, great experience, great vibe, very, we were very inspired by it. And we are really happy with the result. Well, did that opportunity come about because of your tour with Foo Fighters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, the way that happened was we toured with them. We did uh, five or six stadium shows with, it was us, Queens of the Stone Age and the Fools. And they are super nice. And at the end, at the end of the, actually, it was we, we had some nice hangouts with them. And David's an amazing guy, super sweet, super nice. And at at the end of the last show, uh, I was having dinner with uh, with people from their management, you know. And they turned to, to to me basically and said, "How do you guys feel about maybe maybe recording at six oh six? Because we were talking about we are looking for for a record producer for the next album." And do you have suggestions, you know? And and they said, I, I don't know anyone, but why don't you record at 606? Like, we were like, I would love that. And then we, we were there for over a month. It was, it was like every day, every single day. It was a very nice experience. We rented a house, which is like walking distance from the studio. And yeah, it was it was great, man. Had you seen the Sound City documentary before that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had. It was so cool. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd kind of mentioned the, you know, the tours you were supposed to do with Metallica and System of a Down and all the festivals. Like, hopefully that comes to be next year or something. But how do you feel your guys' sound would translate to audiences of bands like Metallica and System of a Down? Look, uh, we love those bands. Literally, we, th there wouldn't be Eagle Q talent if there wasn't a Metallica and a System of a Down. Uh, I met Raphael, which is one of the guys in, in Eagle Q talent, years ago when we, when we had our first event together because of Metallica. We met the first time at a Metallica concert because we had a friend in common. And then we did that. That was back in 2000, I guess. No, yeah, I think that was back in 2000. And then... Uh, I never saw him again because I, I didn't really knew him, right? It was like, it was just like, 
a friend in common. Yeah. And then I had like, I, I, I was looking for a drummer. So I went to a record store and with that ad in my hands, like literally looking for a drummer who likes Metallica, Sepultura and this kind of stuff. But I think I also had Machine Head there. So I entered at the record store and he was there. And, and I was like, oh, I know this guy from somewhere, but I wasn't, wasn't sure from where, right? But Metallica had just released, uh, I think it was a San Francisco Symphonic album. So the first one, of course. And then I, I saw like the, the, the poster on the wall and I asked the record store owner, I said, hey, it, is it good? I haven't heard yet. And then Raphael jumped in the conversation. He was like, oh man, this album is amazing. So we started talking about Metallica for like an hour. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, okay, I got to go. I uh, just came here to put this ad. And I said, by the way, do you play any instrument? And he goes like, I play, play drums. I said, are you kidding me? And then I just gave him, the, I didn't even put the ad there. I just gave him. And I said, call me, man. And he lost he lost it for a week. He could. I was waiting for him to call, but he lost the paper for a week. <laughs> and then one day he finally called me. And I was like, fuck, I thought we had, you, you were like, you didn't want to do it. He said, oh, yeah, sure, let's do it. So... That was how we started our first band together because of Metallica. But I just I got out of this subject a little a little here. But going okay. back to your question, uh, look, we the when we write our music, it's a lot of everything we love in there. So it's a lot of Metallica, it's a lot of Sepultura, it's a lot of System of a Down. At the same time, it's a lot of Lenny Kravitz, it's a lot of Phil Collins. We we. We, it's a lot of Gojira. I mean, it's like we really combine different music styles that we love. And usually the experience we've been having with this band is that we can connect to different kinds of audiences, right? Um, I think that that was going to happen if we played. I mean, I'm sure we're still going to play with Metallica at some point. They just postponed it. And we already played with System of a Down a couple of times in Europe. And all it was always great. We always had great feedback. We always gained followers from, from them. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Like you kind of said, you know, mixing those styles of the heavy bands with like, you know, Lenny Kravitz or someone. It's kind of, I noticed that as well. Like your sound's heavy, but it also has a lot of, you know, melody and harmonies in, in it as yeah. well. Like when you guys first got together, was that a predetermined goal or is that just kind of what happened when you guys started playing? Yeah, it was, we really, if, even to this day, man, when we sit down to write music, we don't really, we don't preconceive anything. We just go like, let's see what flows, right? Let's see what ideas come and like how we feel about it. We, we try to exercise as much as possible, not limiting ourselves to any kind of music style. And that's hard, you know, that's hard because... Once you you put your 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 foot on a genre, you know, or, or like if you are a heavy, if if you start having if you start having heavy music followers, it's hard not to be concerned if they won't like when you release something that is not as heavy, right? And this and the other ways around is the same. So it's like we are always trying to spread the the how do you say the the lines, you know, of, of which kind of music we do. It's like we do music and we love heavy guitar riffs. We love heavy drumming and, and heavy pop, heavy, really heavy instrumental parts, like sections in the song. But we also love harmonies and melodies and 
we just try to, we just really embrace the challenge of getting those together, you know, of meeting these two worlds. And yeah, that's how we, we look at it. Well, what's your guys, what's your guys writing process like? Is it a couple of you that kind of do the bulk of it or do all of you do it together? Yeah, well, it's, it's a very, I've been in many, many bands before this one. Uh, all of us had, and it's, it's different. It's this band is really different. It's really, I don't know if you're aware, but we, we have two drummers in the band and we are, we exchange, we swap instruments on, on stage. We, you know, we, some songs that play bass, some songs that play guitar. And the reason that came to happen was we were, when we started the band, we didn't have a bass player. Jean, had, back then, he had just left Sepultura and we were jamming and making music. And then Raphael, who is this friend of mine, is an amazing drummer. And he was like, I want to join. He listened to some demos and he was like, I want to join the band. And I was like, man, you, we already have a drummer. And he was like, I don't care. I can play bass. So he joined the band to play bass. And then one day we were writing a song from the first album. And th there wasn't even an album. And, you know, we were just writing music, just like writing songs. And then Jean, who is the other drummer and an amazing guitar player, he picked the guitar and he was like, guys, I had this idea, like this guitar riff idea. And then he started playing it in guitar. And he was like, Rafa, can you jump into the drums real quick just so we develop the song? And then I, I picked the bass, Raphael went to the drums, and then we wrote that song with that lineup, wow. right? And it sounded really well. And then we were like, you know what? We should do, we should do this live. You know, it's going to be, it's a challenge, but let's, let's try it. And then this became part of our writing process in the sense that it's like, how can I say, man, it's usually, I don't know if you play an instrument, but if you are in a band and you are the guitar player of the band, there is only so much you feel comfortable and suggesting the drums should do, the drummer should do, or the bassist should do. And it's the same thing. If you are a drummer, there's only so much you feel comfortable about suggesting guitar riffs. But right. if, there are no, if there are no fixed roles, then we, there's no limit of how much I can suggest on the drums and how much you can suggest on the guitars because you can play the guitar. And so it's, it's just, it's really for the music. So when we are writing, it doesn't really care. We don't care who brought the first idea. We just develop from there. And it might be a situation that, like, like it happened before, like the, the last single we just released, The Call, one of, uh, one of the guitar parts, it was suggested by, by Raphael, but he plays drums on that song. I mean, now the first single, Jian wrote the guitar riff. The main guitar riff is Jian's, but he doesn't play guitar on that song. So it's like, it's, the way it happens, is, it's very organic. So it's really hard to say who, who did what. And to give you another example, like this happened a couple of times already. Uh, I write a lot of the lyrics with Jonathan. And then I was listening the other day, one of the songs of the new album. And then I called Jonathan. I was like, whoa, man, there is this, this, uh, the second, how do you say, uh, the second line of the, the chorus of this song. I was like, that phrase is really powerful, Jonathan. Congratulations, man. I'm touched by it. And he was like, what are you talking about? You wrote that. <laughs> 
And I was like, really? <laughs> so we don't, man, it's just, it's really about sounding good. We don't really care who brings what. <laughs> well, when you, when you compare that, that whole process to, you know, previous bands you're in, does it, is it a lot more freeing That's, for you? Or yeah, exactly. Freedom. Because it's like, and, and it goes both ways. It's freedom in the sense that I feel comfortable suggesting anything I want to suggest to other instruments. It, it, might, it might not be the thing that will be in the song, but at least I, I feel free to suggest it and to try it. You don't, you don't hold it back. And at the same time, it's also very freeing to not caring so much if someone else suggests something for you to play. It doesn't mean nothing. It just it just meant that we are looking for what is the best for the song, you know. Yeah. And it's really freeing. It's really, really. We we usually we say that we think this band, it's much more a a opportunity for all of us to be happier and 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 to release ourselves from so many beliefs than it is to make music. Music is just a byproduct of of that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of Brazil, you know, a lot of times when you, when people think of heavy music in Brazil, they obviously think of Sepultura. But like these days, what is the music scene like in in the country particularly? Yeah, well, we have a rock scene emerging, a like new band doing some some good stuff. Uh, there is like if if you look generally in the country, in the, in the, country music is really really strong in Brazil. Oh, wow. It's probably the most popular uh, kind of music style in Brazil, but it's still international rock bands do really well here. Uh, all those bands we spoke about, they play 70,000 people like Metallica, System of a Down, Foo Fighters here, and the local bands. There are, we are in a good moment, I would say. There are some really good bands coming and raising the bar, you know, which is great. Like going to pushing for the next level. I would expect like really, really good bands coming out of Brazil in the next 10 years. Okay. When, when you compare playing to, you know, crowds in your home country or then going over to Europe or anywhere else like you know what kind of different experiences have you seen like from crowd reactions any different or anything like that uh it's funny when we when we when we toured europe for the first time i found interesting that uh, there were some similar reaction that we got in brazil like from from the crowd it, I, I found this really interesting like i, I sometimes i think that the, the digital world like Spotify and all the DSPs, they kind of help you to connect to the audience everywhere. Yeah. So in a sense it was that was interesting to see. Like people singing the same songs and in Holland and in Brazil. Right. And that that was it was kind of a connection there. You could tell there was a connection. But there's also a very nice feeling when we play South America in general, like Chile and Brazil, that because we are out of South America, you know, we are out of Brazil, they, the fans here, they cheer for us, kind of like a soccer team, like, like a, you know, they, they cheer for us going out there and representing South America, so that feeling is really good, you know, like, cheering for you, you know, it's, 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 
we we have this vibe from 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 South America. Not only people like the music, but they cheer for us to do well out you know out there. Yeah. So it's a very nice it's a very nice feeling. All right, man. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the dance between extremes, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. All Hope right. To see you on the road. There you go, Theo Vanderloo of Ego Kill Talent. A huge thank you to Tim from Adam Splitter PR for his help, as always. A huge thank you to Theo for taking some time out there to talk to me about everything that their, you know, Ego Kill Talent has going on. Like you mentioned in there, the the new EP that's out and the the EPs that are the EP that's coming and the full album coming next year were recorded at Studio Six Hundred Six. They opened for Foo Fighters in the past couple years, and then they had, like I mentioned before, tours booked with Metallica and System of a Down. So hopefully that still comes to fruition in the next year or two. And yeah, check out Ego Kill Talent, and of course, as always, tell them that you heard about them on Thunder Underground if you hadn't heard of them before. Right. All right, so if this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. We've got 280-plus episodes you can dig back through. We've had on guys from Megadeth, Testament, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Seven Dust, Black Label Society, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple, and many other great, amazing things. I mean, shit. Yeah. Can't wait to hear the new Dead Daisies. Right. In January, but it's a sidetrack. Yeah. I've had on a lot of melodic glam era bands like Warrant, Great White, Firehouse, Junk, you know, Junkyard, they're not really glam, but they're from that era. Bullet Boys, LA Guns, Dokken, Tesla, heavy stuff like Super Joint and Crowbar, Battlecross, The Black Dog Murder, Avatar, Kevin Martin from Candlebox. We just celebrated the two-year anniversary of that. Two years ago today. Yeah. By the time you're hearing this, it might be today. Who knows? Yeah. I just know that's yeah. when we recorded it. Either <laughs> or. But regardless, tons of great stuff you can check out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, soon to be YouTube, Red, or whatever they're transitioning to, Stitcher, TuneIn, MixCloud, all that stuff. You can listen to us directly off our website, thethonunderground.com. You can find all our socials there, so follow us, like us on all of them, subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got reviews there on the website. Something we were going to, I forgot to mention up front, Driver, their new album, Origin, is out now. It came out this week on Tuesday. And they're looking for a keyboard player. So if you know a keyboard player. Yeah. I missed that. See the post? No. So if you play keyboards. So they're looking for a permanent keyboardist? Get to it. (sighs) Wow. Man, that's that's interesting because that I think that will work really well. Well, there you go. I mean, what I mean that kind of pushes them in, you know, into that kind of dream theatery mm-hmm. or Camelot era in right. a way. And I think they could pull that off excellent. There you go. If you want to find out about this album, well, obviously you can go listen to it now. But Jason wrote a review several months ago. They were gracious enough to send us a super advanced copy. Exactly. So check out Driver's new album. Now, pretty much everywhere you can hear music. Same places that you can listen to our podcast. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Theo from Ego Kill Talent, Pella Hot Hot Sauce, Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm, DEB Concerts. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.